The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. Welcome to the Ray Hanania Radio Show for September 13, 2023, Season 3, Episode 20. My guests today are Abdul Rauf Khan, the COO of the Islamic Center of North America, and ICNA's Assistant Director of Disaster Relief Services, Mohammed Dashe. A Muslim and Arab group, ICNA Relief works with FEMA, the Red Cross, and others to provide emergency relief around the country to people of all religions. We'll be right back to talk with them right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali Abagdadi and Fatty Bonham serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali Abagdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CD guidelines and is open every day 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. Five-year-old Lila and her mom are on their way home from Grandma's, singing Lila's favorite song. A few blocks away, 25-year-old Dylan is visiting friends at a small party. He finishes off his last beer, Later, skater. gets in his truck, and starts for home. Mom and Lila turn onto Maple Street. If you're happy, you know, so does Dylan. Every 50 minutes in the United States, someone dies in a crash involving a driver impaired by alcohol or drugs. If you're impaired and you know it, don't drive. Drive sober. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. And we're back on radio, and I'm really proud to have two guests from the Islamic Circle of North America. You've probably seen their name, the ICNA, all over. Um, and uh, the two guests are Abdul Rauf Khan. He is the chief operating officer of the Islamic Circle of North America, and also Mohammed Dashe. Did I pronounce your name correct, Mohammed? I hope. That's Great. correct. Mohammed Dashe, the assistant director of disaster relief services. Uh, welcome both of you to the program. Thank you for the opportunity. We are we are honored to have this. Let's Thanks start for the invite, Ray. Thank you, Mohammed. Thank you, Abdul Rauf. Let's start by asking, tell us, uh, what is the Islamic Circle of North America? When was it founded? What is it about? What's its mission? Okay, so, uh, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Salam, Rasulullah. Um, Islamic Circle of North America is starting September 10th in 1968. So it's over five decades of the work here in America. We have been providing support and services for people, those who live here. And uh, our purpose is to uh, bring a positive image of Islam and the people, those who uh, come to this country, we give them uh, help, support, empower uh, them to become self-sufficient as early as possible. And uh, our mission, obviously, is that we want to make uh, our community uh, become self-sufficient early enough for them to you know, stand on their feet. Uh, currently, Islamic Circle of North America Relief Department, we are in 42 states, serving uh, in 42 states and 1,055 locations. And uh, uh, last year alone, 
In the last five years, we served 5.2 million people here in the United States. So this is just the numbers, and uh, we have, uh, alhamdulillah, we have um, 26 women shelters. Um, we have uh, 58 food pantries, eight uh, free clinics, um, uh, 27 refugee resource centers, and uh, many other things Muhammad can add if you want to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very important to add that, you know, ICNA Relief USA, really when it comes to community engagement and, um, you know, being within the community, because all of our services within ICNA Relief are domestic services. So everything that we provide, any service we provide is, is here in the United States of America. And as Brother Abdurrahim said, you know, 42 states uh, across the nation uh, with these food pantries, with the different services and the programs that we have, we try to, to really reach those vulnerable communities that really need the support, um, you know, and that are having challenging times. So ICNA, really, ICNA Relief, the, it's, it, its mission is really to just to alleviate, you know, human suffering with compassionate services that we provide throughout the country. And tell us a little bit about each of yourselves, your background, uh, born here, immigrated here, um, your ethnicity, and, you know, just a little bit about who you are. So our audience, you know, knows who you are, too. So um, I born and raised in Pakistan, came here about 30 years ago. Um, I have children who are now teenagers, and um, now this is this is their country. This is my country too, because been here more than my life. I spent here than back home. So I came here when I was teenagers. So it's been almost thirty years. So yeah, and uh, my name is Mohammed Dahshi, and my ethnicity is uh, I am an Arab American, uh, originally Palestinian. Uh, I was born in Lebanon. Uh, you know, I came here very young. I was here. I came to the U.S. when I was three years old. Um, so I'm th the typical story of, uh, you know, uh, of an immigrant coming to the United States with the family coming to the United States. Uh, just a little bit more from my end is that, you know, my family are originally refugees that went from Palestine to Lebanon. So, um, you know, so definitely, I mean, for me, you know, being here in this country, honestly, is really the only country that, you know, kind of welcomed us. You know what I mean? I know I came when I, at an early age, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you really need to, you know, realize and, you know, notice that, you know, the, the places that are that we call home are really not the original places that we're from, right? So this is our home. And that's why, and this is where ICNA comes in as well. ICNA Relief, I mean, you know, it's charity begins at home, right? Charity begins with you. And this is where, you know, us as as we, I am Muslim myself, um, you know, we need to focus on the place that we're living as well. And the people that we live around and our neighbors and our friends and our, you know, family and our, our circles around us and our communities. So this is really why it's very important what ICNA Relief USA does here at home in the U.S. I love Salman. You know, Mohammed, my family story is very similar. My story is very similar to you. My parents came here. I was born here, um, and they wanted me to assimilate into American society, which is one reason why I got into journalism, uh, which I think was an unfortunate mistake because all my cousins and relatives are doctors, and I could have been a much happier life not dealing with all these controversies. But that brings me to an interesting point. I mean, people here in this country still don't understand us and recognize us. They look at the three of us. They think we're all Arab. They think we may be all Pakistani. They think we're all Muslim. They don't believe that they're even Christians who look like us. Um, how do you deal in a, in a, with a mission to help people? And I understand you don't just help Muslims and Arabs and Pakistanis. You help everybody that's in need. How hard is it, though, to help people when you constantly have to face that uh, scrutiny and stereotype, and here it is September 11th that we're recording this today, and all I've gotten were angry emails from people blaming me for something that I had nothing to do with because of the way we look. How do you deal with that and still find the motivation to do good to help people, given all that anger that sometimes is out there? So first, I just want to give you a number, then we talk about compassion and passion about it. 
numbers right now, Iknali is serving 70 plus country members of uh, people from the different 70 uh, people from different countries and almost 70 countries we are serving. That include uh, from, from Africa to Europe, from Ukraine to Bosnia, to everyone. And uh, our uh, our goal is whoever come to our door will serve them. Uh, it's not about the ethnicity, uh, the race, and where you're from, what language you speak, and how you get here, legal or not legal. We just serve them because, first of all, being a Muslim is our responsibility to self help our fellow Americans, fellow neighbors. So to, this is first step because we do it because of our responsibility. You know, God brought us here. There's a reason for it. We, did just, we didn't just end up coming here. There is always had a plan. Allah, you know, has planned for us to be here. While we now we're here, now we have to do our responsibility to take care of people, those who are not able to do it themselves. So we are at this point now, as an organization, have been serving for millions and millions of people every year. So we wanted to make an impact of people, those who are not able to at least take care of themselves. We give them helping hand and make them help them become self-sufficient as early as possible. So Muhammad can add. Yeah, look, Ray, I mean, I agree with you. The misconceptions just keep on building on top of each other, right? The, the misconception that all Arabs are Muslim, the misconception that even Muslims are, you know, they live a specific way or or you know, whatever you hear everywhere in the news sometimes and different, you know, stereotypes and different misconceptions like that, um, you know, it's and really for us, these stereotypes actually motivate us, I, I, at least myself. OK, they really motivate me because I know I'm on a mission to show my faith. I mean, not the positive, just my faith, because everything I'm in my faith is positive, right? Because really, it doesn't ask me to, to hurt anybody, right? So this is our mission is to help as many people, no matter what, where they're from, or what their color is, and what their nationality, race, religion, doesn't matter. We're all humans, and we all need help sometimes. And we all deserve that help, you know, wh whoever we, we may be, wherever we may be from. So and, you know, cultural sensitivity comes into this into play as well. Um, you know, we do need to, you know, make sure that I mean, all the services we provide and we're in many states, as we said, many cities all over the country, um, you know, cultural sensitivity really plays a part when it comes to us and providing these services. Um, you know, dignity. Number one is dignity. The, you know, the recipients, the clients, our friends, the ones that come to us for the for support. You know, number one priority is their dignity. And again, doesn't matter where they're from. As long as they're a human, they deserve to have dignity. Even if they're going through challenging times, we all go through challenges in our life. We all go through difficulty. It doesn't matter who we are or where we're from, right? I mean, challenges, difficulties. I mean, they say the, the two, two things that are for sure, death and taxes. Doesn't matter where you're from. You know what I mean? So... You know, th this is something that we we make sure that we're aware of uh, as we are providing these services and as we are, you know, helping our fellow community members. One thing so I need... want to add, I think sometimes it's, it's this uh, understanding of people. When you're Muslim, you know, you you provide service in, in the hiding place and doing something and hidden. Everything we do, uh, people come in our door, we open. And then uh, just want to have a credibility. We work with FEMA. We work with Red Cross, we work with National Void, we work with uh, all the credible organization in America, those who are credible enough for us to be part of them. We are we are partnered with them. We, we, we work with them. Actually, both of us here in Washington, D.C., will have a meeting with FEMA tomorrow morning in their headquarters. So we are on the table. It took us, what, 30 years, 40 years to get here. But you know, everybody had to go through the whole process of getting here. Alhamdulillah, we, we are here now. So we it's not about we are doing something which we we have to be concerned. No, I am proud Muslim American. I'm proud who I am. I want to be known as a Muslim American. I am so proud to say where, where I am, what I do. And I want our children, those who are our, going to take the legacy from us, like our elders, those who came before us, they have legacy. They, have, they left a legacy for us to who we are today. So we as a Muslim living in America, and at this point, both of us are, you know, second generation in America. We want to leave a legacy for our children 
for them to be a proud Muslim American, not just Muslim American, because we want to leave something for them so they can be proud of. So that's all this work our elders have done. We have to build on it. So they, our next generation doesn't have to go through what they went through or we were going through. And our children should be easy for them because they're born and raised here. They're, they, they don't know anything ex except America. My kid born in Texas, his, his kid born in Florida. So we are, when you ask them where they're from, they're like, I'm from Florida. Oh, I'm from Texas. So they, would, they, they probably won't even tell you they're from Pakistan or Palestine, right? It's just the mindset right. of kids who grew up here. For them, this is it. And for us now, after 30 years, this is my home. I, I um, care about more to America than anywhere else because I live here. I want to know, I want to make sure people, those who live around us, they're safe. They're, they are, they have enough, whatever they have to take care of with our senior citizens, our, our refugee brothers and sisters, those who come in our shelters and our, our, our resource center, our sisters, those who end up in on the street, we try to put them on our shelter so they can become self-sufficient. And, and as Brother Muhammad said earlier, one thing we want to make sure we give them dignified way of life. We don't want them to think we are handing down something to them. We want to welcome them as a family. We share we share meal, but we share love with it so we can people feel welcome to it, inshallah. Is it correct to say, and again, I, I'm from the Arab world and I'm Christian, uh, but I, even though I am Christian, I always say I'm Muslim by culture because I've grown up in that Arab world where Muslims have embraced me. Isn't that part of our culture that somehow doesn't get seen that we do go out of our way to help that Islam is a very giving religion, that Arabs are a very giving people, Pakistanis, a lot of the people that we represent we were raised to be good to people, and yet we constantly have to struggle to redefine that, to tell people, no, we're not what you think, you know, or stereotype. We are giving. Have you faced, um, have you, both of you faced discrimination? I don't want to dwell on that, but um, has the life been so good? That, is that what motivates you to be so positive? Or is the positivity just the resistance to surrendering to the racism and the stereotypes. So uh, I'll, I could give my perspective definitely on this one. So me being part of disaster relief services, I go out and, and the whole team actually comes out to you know disaster zones after a hurricane, tornado and whatnot. Um, and I'll tell you a, a specific story that comes to mind is uh, Hurricane Florence, uh, North Carolina uh, in 2018. And we went to uh, you know, a rural area in North Carolina uh, that got hit really bad. One neighborhood was literally flooded to the roofs, two-story homes, wow. flooded to the roof. And the whole, the, all the, whole, the homes were damaged and pretty much property damage and uh, water damage and whatnot. So we, we go out usually and you know, assess different properties and we get our you know, properties from Crisis Cleanup, FEMA, and we work closely with National VOAD and different organizations like that. Uh, we came to this to this home, and we we went in. We you know asked them. They we saw your information. We want to see what we can help with, and then they were a little surprised first because you know we we come up in in the vehicle. It says Muslims for Humanity, and they saw that you know big logo on the truck. Like oh, these are Muslims. Okay, and I don't think they've ever actually they have never, and they did confirm they have never met a Muslim in their life. So this is really the first encounter here. So it's wow. kind of like, you know, temp for, for someone like me coming in and trying to, you know, not trying, really just showing who I am at the end of the day. But, you know, knowing on the other side, someone that really has never. So whatever you do and whatever you say in this situation is going to be what they perceive. Right. Um, and look, and I, we saw one way of like you know uh, of you know the like even the conversation or the communication or or even the just the you know the facial kind of expressions it was one way when we came in was one 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 way and then at the end when we were coming out literally like the, i remember um you know when we were leaving they really they came and we talked you know about you know different things and the misconceptions and stuff like that and the the, the lady actually said you guys are would she say angels that came down from the skies to help us? So wow. look at that, like whole 
like perception how it was one thing in the beginning eight hours and eight literally yeah like well, i would say a weekend actually because it was a lot of work to do on that specific property but you know you, you see the and this is what motivates us right here this is really what motivates us when you see that coming out like this person has never heard about you know arab or or muslim or or pakistani or anything you never met except you know on the news this is all they hear right and then when you come there and you actually show them who you are you're a, you're a person just like they are you're their neighbor you're their friend you're trying to you're trying to help them and really it's it just it goes a long way and you know that's from just from my experience uh, throughout the years within social services but i think Prabhupada the roof has a lot more stories he could probably tell when yeah. it comes to that I think the perception is all. I always say people see you and people hear is different than when you have interaction with you, especially your neighbors. You know, if you are you are good neighbors, people like you because not because you're Muslim or non-Muslim, you because you're a good person. When they come to find out, oh, you're Muslim too. On top of it, then they say, why you're so different than what we what we on CTV? Because you are different than what because. I will tell people, what do you see in TV? They want to show you that 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 image of that Muslim. Actually, it's not the right image of being Muslim. It's, you know, this is, uh, we go to school, we go, go to work, we uh, go dinner and do shopping uh, like everybody else. So, um, so many incidents, I think, which is, uh, I always try to spin it or, or trying to present it in a way that every incident bring opportunity for us to talk about the positive things and positive way of, of describing how Muslims living in America, uh, how positive is that? Uh, it's only uh, we are one of the uh, national Muslim organizations serving in in, in America. Uh, we are serving over uh, well, 5.2 million people in the last five years. So it's it's a numbers. We always talk about how many people we impacted. The first time we met today to, with you, and we are probably going to meet every day. We are flying in different, you know, different cities, different city. I get to talk to people. They when they say when they see you, different impression. The end, we're talking to someone for two hours while you're flying. It's like, well, we we learn a lot because they don't have that. Um, not everybody get to learn, and they only have the perception what they hear from TV or other uh, whatever medium they have for learning about Islam or learning about Muslim. So not every Muslim present a positive phase of Islam too. So that's why we are so very careful what we do, how we do it, because we, people looking at us as a representation of Islam, our, a person who have to represent Islam in a positive way. So we are very careful, very mindful of people around us, how we do it, the way we do it, and present it in a way that people accept it. I remember when we moved into neighbors, neighborhoods in Chicago when I was young, uh, people didn't know what we were, but young. they found, yeah, well, I wish that were true, but um, <laughs> I, I always tell my neighbors, my mother's from Bethlehem, Jesus is my cousin, and they really kind of stop and they feel good when they hear that, um, but uh, most Americans, but uh, we would move into a neighborhood, the neighbors would like us. They liked our food. They met our family. They, we were good people. We played with their kids. And then they'd learn we were Arab or we were Muslim or where we were from. And they accepted us. But sometimes for a lot of us, they only see us as Pakistani or Arab or Muslim before they get to see how good we really are. Do, do you think we do a poor job of telling our story to the American people, because in a way, what ISNA does, the ICNA does, is to tell our story to the Americans in such a powerful way, which is why I like this interview so much. Do we do a good enough job, or is that something we need to work more on as a community? Job is never good enough. You always have to improve every day. You have to do it better every day. And um, we have to do our best. But the thing is, uh, if people only have interaction with you or whenever we get a chance to talk to them or serve them, or they end up you know, coming to our doors to get you know, service from them, that's the only time we get to have that. And now with the opportunity like that, now we're able to talk about it through this medium and then other channels. And you know, we're trying to present the positive face of Islam through our services. 
but it's sometime uh, other um, uh, outlets or other people, those who are pushing their agenda, you know, sometimes they win, sometimes we win. But the thing is, we are not in competition of that. We are will be us as a Muslim and responsibility that we do what, what we have to do our best. And how many people will get benefit from it? Do they get a positive image or positive uh, understanding of Islam? It's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we have to do the best we can. So I know that ICNA think... Relief does a good job of telling its story uh, compared to a lot of organizations. But Mohammed, do you, how do you feel about that idea? Do we do a good enough job? Can we do better as a community? And I don't mean yeah, ICNA. Yeah. One you thing guys I want do to a add great here, job. I think so many Muslim lives in America and I think where we come from, Pakistan or Palestine or Syria, where we come from, right? is is the, the one thing comes to our mind we come from different part of the world we have to help support our brothers and sisters back home which is needed they need that they they right. we have to provide support with them but we as a leave we we took this mission it we have to serve here because this is my home this is my neighbors this is my country we have to help support our overseas which is required or you know suppose we we have to do it because we are from certain places but now after all these years we are here and our children born and raised here and we are half of my more than half of my life we spend here now both of us probably more than my, i do so this is this is my country i have to serve here i have to live here i want to make sure my neighbors are good i want to make sure the people those who live around me they're happy they're safe but uh, and that perspective gives me a positive um, uh, way of thinking. Like, is this mine? I cannot say I'm here, I'm doing for them. No, I'm doing for us as a family. Yeah, I think we've come a long way in the past 20 years. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you know, can we improve as a, as a Muslim community, as an Arab community, as a Pakistani community? Of course we can improve, definitely. Now the thing is, I think it's it's a two it's a two way street here. So the first the first thing is that we need to really you know remember is that being proud of our origin is really going to help us to kind of show that origin, right? If we're not proud of it, we're going to hide it. So that's number one. So that's where we need to kind of improve is that pride within the origin. I mean, we're all American, right? We live in the United States and we 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 eat and live and work here. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? We do have an origin. Yeah? I mean, the majority of the United States is, is an immigrant, right? It came from different countries, even if they're born here. You know, originally, they're from somewhere else. And, you know, this is something that we need to take pride of, number one. And then, you know, the, the second thing is interfaith collaboration. Now, this is where I think it really will make a big impact you know, when, you know, Arabs and Pakistani and Indian and uh, South Asian and, you know, Chinese or whatever, whoever you, wherever you're from, whether in Middle East or South Asia, whatever it is, you know, really, you know, doing that interfaith and partnering up with, you know, you know, like Muslims partnering with Christians, with a church, for example, a mosque and a church and a temple, for example, partnering up together to, to help the community. And this is what we do every day in icna relief you know we partner up with with churches in the community we partner up with community centers we partner up with you know uh temples with different you know places of worship and different you know with the, the hindu with the, you just name it we partner up with pretty much anybody because we all we both have that same mission and intention in mind is to help our neighbors so and i think this has really brought us forward very exponentially um, within the past 20 years, uh, 20 plus years, uh, really, you know, that, that interfaith collaboration, that partnership with different faiths coming together, learning about each other. And that's what the Quran says at the end of the day, that we made you, you know, different tribes and different people so you could get to know each other. All right. And then the best of you are the ones that are God fearing more. Right, not who has more money, not who has uh, or from a different culture or from this place or from that place or this color or that color. It's really the people that are are the best in humanity, the ones that fear God the most are the better people, right? So this is why we're here. We're here to get to know each other. So this is really where, I, from my opinion, is 
you know, where we can even move forward more and improve more through that interfaith collaboration and those that pride that we should have for our origin as well. And not just interfaith, but interheritage. Because uh, I know Arabs and yeah. Muslims get a lot of support from African-Americans because they recognize what we've been through. You know, they recognize, and we, you've been doing this 55 years since 1968. It, has it been easier now? Is it easier now to do it? Or the more that things happen, is it harder to do it today? Do you think than you did like in 1968? Is it easier to do it when they didn't know us as well? And, or is it easier I, to do? I would say now is, I would say easier. I think is more acceptance. The people, uh, generation of the people came through and they provide services. You know, if it's not your doctor, 90% of the people, those who go to doctor, they're, they're Muslims. They go to university, their professors are Muslim. They go to university, their fellow students are Muslim. So their interaction is more than 30 years ago, 50 years ago, obviously. And um, especially people, those who born and raised here, for my son or his son or your son, for them, they're American. They are more American than anybody else, like everybody else, right? So they, for them, it just, they're talking about what is, uh, who's winning NFL? Who's doing what in uh, in in football or basketball? They're not worrying. They're not as much worrying about what happening in in international wars and other things because this is their home. This is their focus. And yeah, there was when we everything when you start is difficult. Have some challenges. We learn from the challenges and we learn from our elders that focus on what is good and moving forward with that. We cannot just focus what 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 went wrong obviously we have to learn lesson from it and take whatever is good and move forward what what we can provide and support and bring him uh, and pre present a better image of um, not just Muslim community as a human we have to support people live around us and that's why our logo you, you probably noticed our logo says muslim for humanity right we intentionally do not have the logo say muslim for muslims we are not we are muslim for humanity that, that intentionally we have that logo that says Muslim for Humanity, like whoever comes to our door and they, they don't have to come to our door. We usually go to disasters. We go, so we have mobile clinic. We have four mobile clinics, mashallah. That mobile clinics go to rural areas and places and, and community centers or senior cities are not able to come out as much because they don't have a car. They don't have nobody to take them to doctors. And we take our, our team of doctors and nurses, and they go to the community center, they go to the disasters and help them. Because if they're not able to come to us, we end up going to them. Same thing happened to back to school. We, and this year, since we started our back to school project, we, this year, we uh, gave out million backpacks. And the purpose of that is we want to make sure the kids wow. to school, they should have supplies and backpack and everything that so they go with the dignity like everybody else coming to school oh my my father and his father not able to give us backpack and they're going to go to school without backpack so but we are going me... extra mile to that and making sure people those who are coming to school they when you have your upbringing in in a positive way you always going to have become a positive person when you grow up and that's the that's the intention for that back to school project and hunger prevention. But people are hungry. Doesn't matter what you tell them, unless you feed them, then you you know talk about you know what's the better for them. So same we're doing it after leave. We don't uh, and and let's say God forbid any of the sister, those who come to our transition home, you know, they got divorced, domestic violence, and that happened in, in America, you know, all over the places, right? So we when we started the first shelter, remember in two thousand eight. I've been told that why are you opening shelters? There is no need for shelters. And we started, we want to make sure there isn't there will be opportunity for us to serve our community. So now we end up opening 26. And I would say, unfortunately, we have 26 of them. I don't want that because we want everybody to be home right. and happy with the family. But that unfortunate thing happened. People, you know, the husband passed away or domestic violence happened or got divorced. That's part of the fabric of you know your life you live here. So we, when we bring them, we don't put them in shelter. Our shelter call call is transition home. We bring them in transition home to we teach them how to get a job, 
how to go to school, how to become a positive member of society. So when they leave the transition home, they've sufficient enough for them to stand up on their feet and move on to life. And we have from 2008 to now, over 3,000 sisters come to our shelters and become self-sufficient. Wow. But they have to live there for from three to six months. It's not like every day. They, they have to live there. We make a plan with them. Then they moved on to the, you know, to the action plan. And after three to six months, they moved on and they, they go, you know, they move to their apartment and stuff. I'm talking with uh, Abdul Rauf Khan, the chief operating officer of the Islamic Circle of North America, and Mohammed Dashi, who is the assistant director of Disaster Relief Services. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to them about the amazing things that ICNA Relief does for everybody, not just Muslims, not just Arabs, not just Pakistanis and Asians, but for everybody here in the United States. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Ziad Brand, quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rigo Picon, Dana, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. هل تلقى أطفالكم أحدث نسخة من لقاح كوفيد-19؟ لقد تم لغاية اليوم تطعيم أكثر من 5.5 مليار شخص بلقاح كوفيد-19 وأثبتت النتائج أن اللقاحات كانت فعالة حيث قام الخبراء حول العالم بإجراء الاختبارات اللازمة ليكون اللقاح آمناً وفعالاً اللقاح لا يحميكم أنتم وعائلتكم فقط بل يحمي المجتمع كله قوموا بواجبكم من خلال التحدث إلى مقدمي الخدمات الصحية أو زيارة michigan.gov slash kids covid رسالة من وزارة الصحة والخدمات الإنسانية And we're back here at the Rayhan and Nia radio show, uh, broadcasting in Detroit and Washington, D.C., uh, with a continued interview with my two guests, uh, Abdul Rauf Khan, the chief operating officer of the Islamic Circle of North America, and Mohammed Dashe, and I hope I pronounced that name properly. I apologize if I did. He is the assistant director of Disaster Relief Services. Tell us uh, a little bit about some of the great things that you do that you've done in the past year. What's the most monumental thing that you felt in helping people in need? Give us some examples of what you do that people don't see in the everyday media. I don't see these stories. So let's tell them what they're not seeing, but they should be seeing. I'll give opportunity to Mohammed. and I'll fill in. I mean, look. Go ahead, Mohammed. We can go, we can talk about stories. I mean, I could give you a lot of stories. I've been with ICNA Relief USA since 2018. And let me tell you, I started as, you know, just in South Florida before I came into like specifically into disaster relief services. I was at South Florida Social Services just in South Florida, implementing all the programs of ICNA Relief over there in that area. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've seen, you know, women and their children sleeping in their cars, you know, in the plaza, in the middle of the night, homeless, not knowing where to go, um, you know, and being going through a lot of, you know, different circumstances, you know, in their life, you know, with their families or their spouses. And specifically, this one lady comes to mind because it was, I mean, just it, just hearing the story is one thing and seeing it is, is just something else sleeping in her car she had you know a baby and i believe you know it was a four-year-old uh one boy one girl i think that the boy was the baby and they were literally sleeping in their car okay in a plaza in a very bad neighborhood 
I got a phone call or, uh, you know, we got a phone call from um, one of the centers locally about her, that she's sleeping, you know, that she's homeless. And we contacted her right away. We contacted her and we, you know, we got her into the, the transitional house that we have over there. It's in West Palm Beach. We have one in West Palm Beach, Florida, as well as Orlando and Tampa, Florida. Uh, we also have one in Bonifay, Florida. But um, yeah, the, you know, we she she was admitted into the transitional house okay she stayed for i believe it was nine or ten months okay because you know these the, the people that really are you know dedicated to the program because it's not just a you know somewhere where they go and sleep it's it's a it's a program you know if if they don't have a job if they need you know some kind of mental health support if they need you know the financial assistance anything like that they're 100% covered for that whole time that they're staying in the house their food their water electricity wi-fi everything you know so obviously there are rules as well they have to go work you know leave in the morning you have to go work come back at you know four or five whenever you finish work so it's really a, an extensive program that really brings these sisters and these you know these women back on their feet with dignity you know and and just this i mean this lady specifically comes to mind because when you see a baby having to sleep in a car yeah in a bad neighborhood in the middle of the night that's yeah. just that's just something that it, it, you know you you really can't i mean you think about yourself well i'm sleeping at night and my children are sleeping at night you know, they're resting and comfortable. And there's these kids that are not. It really makes you feel like, you know, I need to do something about that. You know, and, and you know, just going back in time and thinking about this really, you know, you know, uh, makes me a little emotional. But um, definitely, I mean, I would say I see in Relief USA, you know, the, the work that's been done on the ground okay for 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 the for the past decades really is making truly a difference in our community and as brother Abdurrahim said you know over 5 million people you know that's 5 million people in the 600 million in the US right that have been served and we are going to continue this effort and we are not stopping and we are dedicated to fulfill the mission of helping these people within our local communities. Is it hard for you guys to be accepted by these charitable groups? Like when the Red Cross goes into a flood area, for example, in Illinois, they had a big flood in July. I saw yeah. ICNA relief, part of the effort, handing out supplies to the flood victims, to everybody, black, white, Hispanic, didn't Muslim, Christians, Jews, it didn't matter. Is it hard for you to get into that uh, group to help people? We we register member of uh, uh, the FEMA and S the other organization called National Void. So we meet them constantly, if it's not monthly, every other month. We have conversation. We God forbid the disaster is coming. We have to prepare for disaster, and we have the communication. And during disaster. You cannot communicate with people because you have to have prior uh, understanding or some commitment with them. So they know who we are. We have been serving for disaster relief over, I would say, 15 years. Our first disaster was 9-11, I would say, the first time we responded in, in New York. And our biggest disaster responded since, uh, since uh, 2005, the Hurricane uh, Katrina. Then that's where Ignali disaster relief team become disaster relief because we have served many community members, many, and I think that's where the recognition from FEMA came from because they saw us serving with passion, with dignity, with with the dedication of people those who were serving, and it, even though it was people those who were serving that time, they were not even employees, they were volunteers, they were, and I, I proudly say. Our volunteers are very dedicated, very passionate, and they have commitment to do what they do. And some of our volunteers, they're doctors, engineers, and professors, and PhDs, but they come when they ask, when we ask them to come for the doctor leave, they pick them rocks. They pick them up, you know, the, the sheet from the from the roof and, and, 
and the same volunteers come to our food pantry line serving the people though because they want their kids for themselves to become humble you know god had blessed us what we have we want to make sure we can serve those who do not have so we can feel it's a blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have it so we should be thankful uh, and that's a disasterly part and and i think one thing people should know when when anybody donate to ignali for uh, for sages we are very very concerned or very careful about how we spend our money our uh, administrative cost is only seven percent because we want to make sure if somebody give us a dollar that dollar goes to the program as much we can because we want to make sure people receive more services from us we are able to do this because we have a huge pool of volunteers those who are able to do this and help us do what we wanted to do it that if we are in chicago or california or florida wherever you are first of all the muslim community then we have ikna family we can alhamdulillah we have you know let's say 150 plus volunteers we have in a whole ikna they're, they're available where when we need them so when when the time comes our resources not used as much at the administrative cost. So we end up spending all our money, all our resources to the program, actual program. So your money is being used to benefit the people most than, you know, uh, and we try not to keep, you know, uh, and if, if you are Muslim per se, if you, you are watching as a Muslim, when you give your zakat, the obligatory on Muslim to give zakat, your 100% zakat goes to the program. We want to make sure people get the services, get the impression when you, you know, you have to donate to Red Cross and other things. Yeah, obviously you should do it. But when when you see that something is being done here in America and then you do it through Muslims, you're not only feeding them, you are giving them the positive face of Islam, positive image of being Muslim in America. So when somebody comes to your door, there, there we, have, we have eight clinics. When they come to the clinic, they just don't see Muslim doctors. They see everything else that come with it. And we are obviously uh, in our transition home. It's not for Muslims only. Our service is not for Muslims alone. They, whoever they come, we welcome them. We don't force them to become Muslim. We don't even tell them about Islam. We just do what we do. And they, if they like what we do and they, they like who we, what, what we are doing and how we're doing it, they just and thing happened. They 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 like to be part of us. And I, I have so many stories about uh, people, those who are not part of our faith, they came to transition home, they become food pantry volunteers, and they they become so involved. It's like I want to be part of this because you, what you guys doing or the, the service we've been provided is something making me believe I should be able to be part of something big. It's not just giving food. It's not just fixing somebody's house. We have a bigger mission. First of all, our bigger mission is to please God. We want to make sure that he's happy what we do. The second mission is people, those who do not, not able to, that Muhammad said earlier that they're not able to see us. They're not, we're not able to talk to them as much. We wanted to talk to as, as many people we want, but we're not able to. But through your uh, kindness today or other people we have interviewed before, we wanted to spread the love. We wanted to spread the, the best we do and we are able to do it. We are shortcoming. We are all of we are humans. We're learning from it. We're improving every day. And hopefully, if it's not us, our children can do a better job and uh, and they can uh, they can do, do the best way as possible. Well, one day I'm going to have a five-hour radio show like I did way back when I was doing Chicago <laughs> politics. They gave me five hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. But when you do Arab right. and, and Middle East issues, they kind of squeeze you in. You get a one-hour radio show, and that's it. Um, but we're very grateful to the U.S. Arab Radio Network. We have only a couple minutes left, so I'm going to ask each of you just to kind of give us a little summary about, you know, all the – you've done so much, and I want I don't want people to leave here without appreciating all the great things that you've done. So, Mohammed, we'll start with you, and then I'll do Rove. Just let maybe a minute and a half each – I mean, look, uh, I think, uh, you know, we talked about you know, most of what we do, but, you know, I will say ICNA Relief USA, we are a faith-based organization, um, you know, but we provide services to everybody, uh, race, religion, uh, creed, color, doesn't matter. 
Um, we come into an area, whether it be during disaster relief services or anything like that, we come in and we have one thing in mind is to help people and to support these people because they just went through a hard time. And that's it, really, you know, and at the end, if you can go to our website, icnarelief.org and just you know, read up about about what we do and where we are, where we're located. Come volunteer with us. Um, you know, we have workshops and different things that we do uh, nationwide, not just, you know, providing actual services or providing, you know, food or stuff like that. We actually have, you know, workshops and awareness workshops, mental health workshops, disaster relief workshops, you know, teaching, uh, teaching the community, you know, how to, um, you know, how to, you know, how to be a professional photographer, whatever it is, right? We, we are helping the community. We are Muslim and we are Muslims for humanity. We're here for our, uh, our fellow neighbors and uh, citizens. Abdul Rauf, final word for you. Final count. Final word. I would say I think uh, first one is I really appreciate the opportunity for us to be here and we can talk to you and from through you we can talk to many millions of people who watch it and hear it from us. Uh, I think that these opportunities are meaningful and I think that will give us a positive face of people don't are not able to see who we are able to get to see that. And uh, as uh, Muhammad was we have been saying it for all this time that. Our ultimate goal is to please the God Almighty. And obviously, through that, we have to provide service to our neighbors, or service to our fellow Americans, those who live here. And who's American? Me and you, my kids, your kids, his kids. We've been here for 30, 40 years now. So I don't consider as uh, theirs or mine. Like, this is ours now. This is mine. This is, I have to help fix it. I'm not expecting somebody else to do it. So that's my mission to help fix whatever it is need to be fixed. We should be there on the table. We should be there on the table to make that possible. And if you're not on the table, you're on the menu. So we want to make sure we're on the table that we can convey the, the positive image. It's not just image. I think sometimes people don't get to hear the positively of what Muslims are doing. So it, it took us a while for us to sit on the table. Thank God we are able to sit on the table now. So we can at least talk about, you know, the last uh, uh, few months ago, we just got a, uh, from USDA. We ex it took us two, three years. So I'm going to talk about, can you give us a halal, you know, halal meat? Give us halal meat for us to serve the Muslim community. It, it was, and, and we've been told that nobody asked that before. And like, oh, surprise, wow. all these 50, 60 years, nobody even asked. It's like nobody asked. Yeah, we should. And it took us two years. But now, the Qadr of Allah, that they accepted it. And now the, uh, every pantry we have, if it's not all, most of them receiving uh, halal meat from them. And we're distributing the people, those who need. That's Somebody had to be there to talk about it. Somebody had to be, you gotta be uh, at the constantly table. knocking door for them to get yeah, there. Look, uh, your money. My tax money, your tax money, providing why we have to lose that opportunity for serve the Muslim community and Muslim community, not just Muslim community, community in large. People, those who are not able to get it because they don't know, they don't know the, the resources. So now we're getting the, this part of our resources available. We want to make sure we can get it. We have to provide support to the whole community, my neighbors, my fellow American, they'll go work with me, they'll go to school with me. So once they get benefit or have good image or we work together, trust me, all this uh, uh, talk about, you know, Muslims and non-Muslims and that, everybody went through this and the Catholic been through it, Chinese been through it and uh, Afro-American yeah. brother and sister been through it. Now, I think we've kind of passed that part. I'm hoping nobody else coming after us. So, but God knows it is, it's a transition happened in America. So we are at this point, I think we are at this point, now people think of us, we are bringing positively in the in a community, we're bringing khair in a community, and people getting benefit for us being here in America. Thank you. Listen, I want to thank both my guests who really took the time, were very generous to talk about this and join us on radio. Uh, Abdul Rauf Khan, the Chief Operating Officer of the Islamic Circle of North America, and Mohammed Deshe, who is the Assistant Director of Disaster Relief Services. Your website is icnarelief.org, correct? icnarelief.org. 
It was a real pleasure having both of you on there. Thank you both for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank Tony. you. Opportunity. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate you. All right, listeners, we're going to take a again. But I would love to believe me. This is an inspiring story, and you don't always get to talk about good, positive stories like this. We're going to take a final break, and when we come back, we'll have some closing comments. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. شوية نشرب قهوة في حتة بعيدة عزمني على نكتة جديدة وخلي حساب الضحك علي يا ما نفسي عايش انسان قلبه على كفه كل اللي بردانين في كفوفه يتدفوا حمزة نمرة يجدو بأحلى الألحان في أمريكا تغير يا مع زمان قفل على قلبك البيبان حبيت وفرقت كم مكان عايش جواك حمزة نمرة وجولة غنائية يبدأها يوم 8 سبتمبر في واشنطن العاصمة و9 سبتمبر في ديربورن ميشيغان وآخر حفلاته يحييها في شيكاغو بولاية ألينوي 10 سبتمبر وسيتم تخصيص العائدات بالكامل لإرسال مساعدات إنسانية إلى سوريا واليمن والسودان عامل قاسي وجوايا مفيش أسوأ ماليش غير أسوتي عزوة بتدوا الحق للأقوى وبتيجوا تملع الطيب وتدعو منظمة الحياة للإغاثة والتنمية Life for Relief and Development جمهور الحفلات لزيارة الجناح المخصص لها بموقع كل حفل للتعرف على مشاريعها التنموية والإغاثية والتي تسهم في تقديم المساعدات للآلاف من المحتاجين حول العالم ولمعرفة المزيد عن أنشطة منظمة الحياة زوروا موقعهم على lifeusa.org ولمزيد من المعلومات حول الحجوزات وأماكن الحفلات زوروا الموقع الخاص بالحجز على www.brugvirtue.com قول يا عاوزي جاوبني وروح لحالك لتعبني مرة واحدة سيبني أمشي وأدوس على الماضي القليل Are your hands feeling numb? Do you feel pain opening up a jar, turning a key? Are you noticing that your elbow and your shoulder are becoming stiff? Or were you recently injured in your arm? Hello, I'm Dr. Albajit Katranji, and at the Katranji Hand Center, which just recently opened down the street from the Somerset Mall, we can provide you with the latest in hand, wrist, elbow, and shoulder care. Visit us at www.katranjihandcenter.com to learn the latest techniques that we have to offer you, and I look forward to taking care of you. Visit us in Troy at 1565 West Big Beaver Road, Building F. Or call Katranji Hand Center for an appointment at 248-869-4263. That's 248 You've been listening to the Ray Hanania Radio Show brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and sponsored by Arab News, Season 3, Episode 19, September 6, 2023. You can listen to this podcast and all of our past radio shows on podcast by visiting Arab News Newspaper, the voice of a changing region at ArabNews.com. You should check out all of our podcasts by visiting ArabNews.com. And you can get more information on me, 
and my bio and my background as a journalist by visiting hannahnia.com. I look forward to you next week when we have more interviews and great guests here at the Ray Hanania Radio Show on the U.S. Arab Radio Network at arabradio.us, sponsored by Arab News, the voice of a changing region at arabnews.com. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.